No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where the women of Jerusalem ask Abishag how her beloved is better than others. She describes his qualities and the love they possess in each other. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in the Song of Solomon chapter 5 on Simply the Bible. The woman in the Song of Solomon, who we believe is Abishag, has had a rough night, to say the least. When her husband, who we believe is Solomon, came to her late at night, she would not get up and open the door for him. He kept speaking kindly to her, seeking to woo her, so that she finally got up to meet him. But when she got to the door, he was gone. So she went searching for him in the city, and the watchman on the wall did not recognize her. They struck her and wounded her. Then she meets the daughters of Jerusalem, and she tells them, If you see my beloved, then tell him that I am lovesick. Did this actually happen, or was it all a dream? We don't know. But it shows that it is unwise to withhold love from our spouse. Now we continue our story in chapter 5, verse 9. She is still conversing with the daughters of Jerusalem, and they reply to her, How is your beloved better than others, most beautiful of women? How is your beloved better than others that you charge us so? So she charged them to look for her beloved, and if they find him, to let him know that she's lovesick. And so they ask, well, what makes your lover so special? How is he the one for you? And so she launches into a description of her husband. And this is quite unusual in the ancient literature. There's much ancient literature that would describe a woman, but not so much describing each part of the man. And yet she responds to the same kind of description that he had of her previously. Now, you'll recall he went through seven parts of her body and spoke really of how lovely they were and how he was obviously physically attracted to her. As she goes into her description of him, there's actually twice as much. There's like 14 different things that she points out, but she is more concerned with his internal characteristics that are housed by the parts of his body. It is not difficult in her description of her beloved to see a description of our beloved Jesus Christ, for his character is both attractive, flawless, and strong. Verse 10, my lover is radiant and ruddy. This radiant and ruddy appearance means that his face shines and her life is brightened by his countenance. He is also ruddy, which means that he has a red complexion. But the word is also related to the Hebrew word for man, And so she could be meaning that he is manly. He is outstanding among 10,000. That is, he stands way above the crowd. Now, the hymnists 
have picked up this phrase and applied it to Christ, saying that he is fairer than 10,000. His head is purest gold. Here she speaks of his value rather than the color of his head. His head to her is as precious as the finest gold. His hair is wavy and black as a raven. Now, black wavy hair was considered attractive and manly. His eyes are like doves by the water streams, washed in milk, mounted like jewels. Now, he had said that her eyes were like doves, and now she returns the compliment. Now, his head and hair may have been rugged and manly, but his eyes were gentle and attractive. And just as the dove mates for life, he was loyal. He only had eyes for her. The fact that his eyes are washed in milk and mounted in jewels speaks of his pupils being mounted in the jewels of his eyes. And these, in turn, are mounted in the whites of his eyes. You can tell that she is drawn in by those eyes that are a window to his soul showing his heart of loyalty toward her. His cheeks are like beds of spices yielding perfume. Now, I don't know if that means his cheeks smell good or that they are as attractive as a sweet-smelling perfume. His lips are like lilies dripping with myrrh. So you can tell they both love kissing each other. In fact, she began the Song of Solomon saying, let him kiss me with the kisses from his mouth. So here she says that they are like the lilies dripping with the sweet fragrance of myrrh. His arms are rods of gold set with chrysolite. Here you see just the strength of his arms as no doubt she looks to him as the protector. But they are beautiful arms to her. She's attracted to them and they are set with chrysolite or beryl, which is a yellowish precious stone. His body is like polished ivory decorated with sapphires. Now, I don't know if that means that he's chiseled or carved or what, but the sapphires were probably the, the blue precious stone. I honestly don't know what she means by that. His legs are pillars of marble set on bases of gold. Again, I just see the strength, pillars of marble. It's not so much that she is concerned with the attractiveness of him as the fact that she sees him as a strong protector who is extremely valuable to her. His appearance is like Lebanon, choice as its cedars. Now, in those days, the cedars of Lebanon were world-renowned. And of course, Solomon built his palace as well as the temple of the Lord from these cedars of Lebanon. And the appearance of that part of the world was spectacular. His mouth is sweetness itself. Here she speaks of his words, the kindness of his words. And here I cannot help but see Jesus in this because it was said of him that gracious words flowed from his mouth. He is altogether lovely, she says. So now she is just looking at his total person and altogether there is nothing to turn her away from him. He is altogether attractive to her. And how true this is of Jesus, how much 
wherever we look, you see, the more you get to know him, the more you love him. And it is easy to see the picture of Christ in this. This is my lover. This my friend, O daughters of Jerusalem. And, you know, there's probably nothing more endearing to a married couple than the fact that they are best friends. I I love to just tell my wife that she is my best friend forever. She is my BFF. I, I have no other BFF like her. And the companionship that we go together through life together, through all of the topsy-turvy ups and downs, challenges, joys, all of it, that you go together through life with your spouse for life. And that beautiful companionship. And that's what she says of her husband. My lover, my friend, O daughters of Jerusalem. And so they respond, where has your lover gone? Most beautiful of women, which way did your lover turn that we may look for him with you? So the question is, why has he gone? I mean, she's out there looking for him, can't find him. She says that she's lovesick. If you see him, You know, well, where, where do we look? And she says, my lover has gone down to his garden, to the beds of spices, to browse in the gardens and to gather lilies. I am my lover's, my lover is mine. He browses among the lilies. Now, commentators are all over the map on what this means. Some say that he's gone to do uh, kingly business. Others say that he's out shepherding his flock Uh, I see this as just a reference to their love, to the fact that even though she had repelled his advances at first, now she's lovesick and she's knowing that they are going to be united once again in their lovemaking because this is the same description of their lovemaking that had been previously, that he's gone down to his garden, to the beds of his spices and to browse in the gardens among the lilies, you know. And so she ends by saying, I am my lover's and my lover is mine. He browses among the lilies. And so just the restoration of that love. The love had been challenged through their selfishness. They were both being selfish. And uh, and so then he went away and she didn't know where. And now it is restored and she's looking forward to that restoration or whether or not this actually is speaking of them already coming back together again. Who knows? I mean, it's a dream. So anything could happen. Right. But the point is, is that what love had been missed is now restored again and they are reconciled. And she ultimately finds her love in the place of their union. I will say that when it comes to a strong marriage, I do not believe that it is possible to have as strong of a marriage as one that is Christ-centered. And this is a point I often make in the ceremonies that I do, is that we speak of the triangle with Christ at the top and the husband and the wife on either side of that triangle. And the closer that we move toward the top, the closer we come to each other. And how true that that is. We find our greatest union in the giving of ourselves to one another, but we also find that union in the giving of ourselves to Jesus Christ.
And it is easy to see in her description of her beloved, the wonderful, beautiful imagery of Christ. I will just close with this. It's something that I heard from a pastor who had served the Lord for 50 years, and I never forgot it. He said that whatever you do, fall in love with Jesus every day. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you, Lord, for the example that we have in Jesus of the one who captures our hearts. And I do pray for everyone hearing this, that they would each fall in love with you. And for those, Lord, who are married, I pray, God, that we would find our union in you, that we would each look to you and seek you. And as we seek you, that we would grow closer to one another, that we would cherish one another, love one another, be enraptured with the love that you have given us. Lord, thank you that you have given to us this beautiful gift of marriage. Forgive us when we have taken it for granted and help us, Lord, to fall in love with you and fall in love with each other again and again. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. Next time, we'll take an interlude from our study of the Song of Solomon to air our first episode of Simply the Bible. It answers the important question, why should we study the Bible? We hope you'll join us for this foundational message on Simply the Bible.